I'm willing to throw it all in there and lay it on the line. I take pride in what I do, you know, I just try to go out and play as hard as I can. CCR 77, September 16th, 2009. This edition of Cat Crave Radio was brought to you by NFL News and Rumors. The news never sleeps and neither does NFL News and Rumors. No BS, no hype. NFL News and Rumors at NFLNR.com. Angelo Williams, 30, 25, 10, 5, touchdown! 89's in the building. Still on a mission, though. Still on a mission. Welcome to the show created and produced by fans for the fans of the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, we'll get the inside scoop as Tom Sorensen returns. Nick Yeoman gives us the fans' perspective. We check in with the enemy, Sean McNally. And we have a recap of the loss to the Eagles. It's D'Angelo Williams, middle crowd that goes left. Got to turn the corner and does. He's at the 10, angling to the goal line. He's in, touchdown! Back goes to Lum, goes over the top, and is intercepted on the deflection by Sheldon Brown. Third and 10. DeLome takes the snap. He's back. He's hit. The football comes loose. The Eagles are after it. Running in for the touchdown is Victor Abiyamiri. Running to Deshaun Jackson. Baker gets away at the high deep spiral. Backing up with Jackson. Takes it calmly at the 15. Starts up the field. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Cut back. Midfield. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown! Back again goes to Loam. He is firing and is intercepted again. Sheldon Brown is second of the game. McNabb in the shotgun. Play action. He rolls. He dumps it off. Brent Selleck is in for the touchdown. McNabb rolling. Shovel pass goes to Westbrook. And he is in for the touchdown. Back goes to Loam. Here comes the rush. He tells it it's intercepted. Being tackled down at the 10 after picking it off is a team Jordan. Back goes McNabb, he looks, he is going to roll, he's going to run, he's going to dive, and he is in for the touchdown! Long straight back, he's going deep, down the far side of the field as he fires a rainbow, intercepted Asante Samuel! And the final score, the Eagles 38, the Panthers 10. Now, buckle your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. Welcome to another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Stop me if you've heard this one before. The game begins with a great opening drive by the Panthers, ending in an emphatic touchdown and a 7-0 lead. That's followed by a complete collapse, a huge run by the opposition, and the game is out of reach by halftime. Heard it before? We thought maybe you had. Pick just about any negative adjective to describe this one, and it's probably an understatement. Jake DeLome was just wretched, throwing four interceptions and fumbling once, a play that resulted in a touchdown. The special teams got into the act, giving up an 85-yard punt return for a score to Deshaun Jackson. Ugly isn't even close. In fact, Jake was benched in the third quarter. Coach Fox talked after the game about his decision to bench his starter. Well, you know, it was uh, he wasn't having a very good time of it, you know, uh, but it wasn't all him. You know, whenever you watch a sack fumble, uh, you know, when there's eight guys pouring in, you know, I don't think you can hardly, you know, blame the quarterback. So, you know, that wasn't a decision that was just on him. It was just something to try to rally the troops, and, uh, um, you know, that, w- that wasn't even able to do it. Just like what we saw a little over eight months before, this one was hard to take for Panthers fans everywhere. 
And once again, Jake was left answering for his performance after the game. I mean, it's um, it wasn't good, you know, and uh, as frustrating as it is, I mean, you work, you prepare, you, you have a great plan, you have a great opening drive, and uh, it just went down from there. Um, that's the most disappointing thing to me. Um, but you, you got to come back. I mean, you come back tomorrow, take your medicine, and then get on to Atlanta. It's The, the season doesn't wait around for you, and uh, we got to meet the next challenge. It's a troubling start, to say the least. When the starting quarterback struggles that badly, the offensive line can't seem to block anyone, including the spirit of Christmas past, and the special teams can't identify the fastest guy on the field, well, it's bound to be a loss, and a bad one. But Coach Fox reminded his team it's just one game. Well, first of all, it's a long season. It's one game. Whether you lose by three or 30, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, we win and lose as a team. It wasn't one guy, it wasn't one position, it wasn't one side of the ball. So, uh, you know, that's my talk to him all the time. Really, actually win or lose. I'm not going to try to hide my allegiance. I am a fan after all. So, instead of beating you up with more statistics and dwelling on one of the worst performances in team history, it's probably best to just move on. So what's next? The Falcons, of course, as the Panthers travel south to Atlanta next Sunday. I'm reliving the same day over and over. It's time now for the Panther Preview. Joining us is Nick Yeoman. Apparently, Nick is very upset, as most of us are, and we're trying to talk him down off the ledge. Nick, are the cinder blocks still tied around your ankles? No, 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 they're not. Uh, it was it was tough. Yeah, let's just say I've had some bad thoughts uh, to what to do to myself because it's been horrible. Um, but no, the cinder blocks are off. We're, we're going to get focused for Atlanta here. And to use a line from your most recent video over on YouTube, Yes, the elephant in the room is Jake DeLome. Um, four interceptions, a fumble that was, you know, that rolled into the end zone for a touchdown. Okay, looking back at the game, and I'll get your impression of this, do you think, maybe Jake's holding the ball too long, but what I'm wondering is, do you think his arm just looks weak? I, I think it is. I, I, I really do. I mean, I think one of the interceptions where he threw to the left, uh, a cornerback just jumped on an out route, and that out route's always one of the toughest throws to make for an NFL quarterback. And uh, the cornerback, easy jump on the interception, and uh, I believe that's the one they took it to the house. I think it is. I think he's just and, – and you mix – I mean, Jake's never had a really, really strong arm, um, and when you mix that into the fact that he just made, in the last two games, the poorest decisions I think I've ever seen from a quarterback playing at the National Football League level – um, you, you factor that into it, and you know we shouldn't probably probably shouldn't be surprised with what we've seen in the last two games. Two games back to back, like you said, he's looked as bad as a quarterback can look. With Josh McCown going down with his injury, we're not sure what's going to happen with him. When he can be back? When he can be available? Understand that the team added a quarterback early this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, they went and they picked up AJ Feely, and. Uh... Boy, I'll tell you what, that's not the answer, in my opinion. That's not the answer at all. Um, I would have liked for them to go and, oh, and grab someone like Jeff Garcia, but, of course, it's been reported that he signed with the Eagles. So, um, I, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is, is okay, you know, for those, those haters on Jake DeLome, you know, you've got your chance. He's played bad. Now who do you put in there? And I don't think Matt Moore's the answer. I don't think A.J. Feely's the answer. It doesn't look like Josh McCown's going to be available for a while. Obviously, there's no first-round pick for the upcoming draft next year uh, to get a top-flight quarterback. There's no one really out there in the free agent market. So 
who are you going to get? So, uh, unfortunately, it looks like John Fox is committed to Jake DeLome, and, and uh, the Panthers fans that aren't too happy with how Jake's played, like myself, are going to have to deal with it. Okay, well, I've been through forums, chat rooms. I've, I've looked at just about every blog I can look at because I want to get a feel for what the fans are thinking, what they're saying. You as a fan now, uh, and we, we know that, and you and I both, all of us can be very upset with Jake and how he played. Are you also throwing any blame at anyone else? Do you see the coaches to be uh, at fault with this, uh, Jake's teammates, the defense? How do you look at that? Well, I'll throw, for the individual performance yesterday, I'll throw some blame at that offensive line. They did not do a very good job of giving Jake some time to throw, and, and that's always an issue anytime a quarterback has a bad game is, is you got to look at those, uh, those front five, those guys up front and how they play. And then, of course, you know, looking big, you know, long-term, big picture, yeah, you got to look at, at uh, how the situation's been handled. That, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but should have they, the front office, you know, Marty Herney, John Fox, and, of course, the Richardson family, should they have looked to uh, grooming a quarterback a couple of years ago to eventually replace Jake? Probably so. Um, so I think, you know, the, the blame goes everywhere. You, you can throw it at just about anyone, but uh, the fact is, Jake DeLome, his poor decisions, I know he's man enough that he'll admit those are on him, and uh, I think the fans, from what I've heard, um, and trust me, I've gotten, you know, on, on the YouTube page, comment after comment, uh, people are fed up, people are tired of him, and I, 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 you know, I've been the type of person that I'm going to stick behind the players. I'm going to give them the benefit of a doubt. I know that that most fans, of course, fans short for fanatic. They jump to conclusions. They want to throw guys under the bus. And I've always kind of prided myself that I'm going to be a little more, you know, I'm going to a little more, be a little more wise-minded than that, and, and make some intelligent decisions. But I'm kind of with them. This has just gotten a little out of control. I think people are tired of it. And uh, unfortunately, I don't know if there's an answer to what to do right now, week one or one week into the season. I think I kind of know the answer to this question before I ask it, but I'm going to give you a chance now to grade the offense for that performance against Philadelphia. Uh, it's it's got to be an F. I mean, I, it, it absolutely has to be an F. I, I don't see any other way. That first drive was fantastic, so reminiscent of the Arizona game where we marched right down the field. They chew up, they chew up like eight minutes of the clock on that first drive. And uh, after that, an absolute disaster. So I, I really, I don't know how anyone could convince me that, that the grade for the offense would be anything other than an F. And how about the defense? Well, the defense, it's all relative because you got to consider in many situations they were, uh, they were given a short field to work with. I'll give them a C. I mean, I think they, they broke down in some places. Um, there was a lot of drop balls by Philadelphia's wide receivers. I think they, McNabb was able to find the wide receivers, and, and they simply weren't able to come up with the catches. Um, but uh, I, I thought it was an okay game for the defense. They were just put in some really tough situations. So I think I'd give them an average uh, C grade. As we know, there's no rest for the weary or even <laughs> the vanquished, but... We know we've got the Falcons. We, we've got to travel down to Atlanta this week. How do you see the offense? I mean, we know they, in, in their minds, if nothing else, if it's just for pride, they know they've got to play better. But how do you see them handling Abraham and that, that Atlanta defense? Well, you hope that that offensive line took Jake DeLome's play personal and, and they take it upon themselves as, as, hey, we didn't do our job as well. And then, of course, you know, if you're Jeff, Jeff Davidson and you're, and you're John Fox, 
you've got to run the football. Just turn the turn, tell Jake DeLome to turn and hand the ball off to D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. I know Atlanta's going to stock eight in the box because they're not worried about Jake DeLome beating you. And that's when we've seen, you know, you give Jake some space. When, they, when the defense creeps up, that's when Jake can pick you apart a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, you've got to run the football, and I think it starts up front. You've got to have better play from the offensive line. And then how about the defense and stacking up with – Unfortunately, a pretty strong running game, a good young quarterback, and suddenly a very strong position at tight end. Well, that's going to be tough. That tight end really worries me and Tony Gonzalez. We're going to have to have those outside linebackers, the nickel spot, whoever's playing around when they move guys around, they're going to have to be on it because Tony Gonzalez has proved that while he is an older player, a veteran in the in the National Football League, he can still get it done. And, and I really think it's going to come with pass rush. I think this defensive line is going to have to, to bring their lunch pails and, and get after it. Julius Peppers, I thought he played well uh, in the game against Philadelphia. They're going to have to get at Matt Ryan and uh, make Matty Ice, you know, make some poor decisions. But there's a reason they call him Matty Ice because he has been so clutch, whether it was at Boston College and now, of course, in the, with the Atlanta Falcons in his second year. Uh, they've got a darn good football team, and that's going to be tough to slow that, de- that offense down of the Falcons. Because I'm required to, and this is, again, probably a stupid question, but we still have to give you an opportunity to uh, predict the outcome of the Atlanta game. You were talking about feeling stupid. I want to go ahead and apologize. Last week, you know, I was biased. I made my pick. I went with the Panthers, and boy, that one bit me in the rear end. Um, you know, when you got to go down to the Georgia Dome, that is not an easy place to play. I think Atlanta looked really good against a pretty good Miami team. Um, that Falcon defense came into the league or came into this season, you know, looking a little shaky. They had no problems with uh, Dan Henning's offense, and I don't really see any reason why they'd struggle against the Panthers. Uh, that D has to come up big for the Panthers, but I got to pick Atlanta in this one. Well, maybe it doesn't go that way. Let's hope they get it turned around, but I'm kind of leaning that way too. Not that I'm going to tip my hand <laughs> for later, but Nick, we uh, we we appreciate you joining us, and um, well, let's just hope Sunday turns out well. Well, I appreciate it, John. It's good to uh, to come on here and vent, and, and I know there's a lot of Panthers fans that listen to your show, watch my videos, that feel the exact same way, and uh, and they, uh, I'm sure they're venting right along with me. And get down off the ledge. I, I am. I'm going to step off. Hey, the sun will come up tomorrow. Coming up, we'll speak to the enemy as we welcome Falcons blogger Sean McNally. But first, in just a moment, it's the return of Tom Sorensen. We want to stay in touch with you. Drop us an email at cadcraveradio at gmail.com. Again, that's cadcraveradio at gmail.com. CCR is coming back in a bit. All-star fans, all-star content. Fansided.com is a sports network where diehard fans dish out nonstop sports news and views. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Fandom has no off-season, and neither do we. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. Fansided.com, the number one pro sports blog network on the internet. It is time once again to play the game that's sweeping the nation. It's boom or bust time joining us once again this week to play the game. It is Nick Yeoman. You all know Nick from the uh, the videos over on YouTube. Nick, are you ready to play the game, sir? Yeah, I am, John. Let's jump right at it. Let's jump right in here with an Aaron Rodgers versus uh, Bengals matchup. I think Aaron Rodgers is a boom. Uh, he didn't have a great game against the Bears last weekend, but he came up big when it mattered. 
Um, I think he'll have no problem putting up some big numbers against Cincinnati. How about Maurice Jones-Drew versus the Cardinals? Uh, MJD's a bust against Arizona. The Cardinals' defense is going to be looking for that first win. Their defense only gave up 24 net rushing yards against the Niners in Week 1. Uh, I think Maurice Jones-Drew is going to struggle. I'm going to say bust. A guy that looked great in Week 1, the rookie Mark Sanchez versus the Patriots. Well, he did look great, and I think playing the Patriots is much different than playing the Houston Texans. There's no way I see Sanchez playing as well as he did in Week 1. I'm going to say bust. Frank Gore versus the Seahawks. Frank Gore ran the ball 22 times for just 30 yards last week against Arizona. That's not going to get it done, and I can't see him breaking out against Seattle, who shut down and shut out St. Louis, so I'm going to say bust once again for Frank Gore. Matt Forte versus the Steelers. Another running back and another bust. You know, once in a while, there's going to be a running back that puts up decent numbers against the Steelers' defense, and that's going to be the week that I'm wrong. So until then, I'm going to take that Steelers' defense. Every time you put them up against a running back, Forte's a bust. Peyton Manning versus the Dolphins. Well, this is a big-time boom. Peyton didn't play great against Jacksonville in Week 1, which means the Dolphins could be in trouble. That tough schedule is really going to hurt Miami early in the season, and I expect Peyton to play big. I'm going to say boom. All right, moving on to our matchup with the Falcons. Matt Ryan versus our Panthers. Boom. Matty Ice, you know, he was 22 of 36, 229 yards, two touchdowns against the Dolphins, and I really expect more of the same. You know, Philly's wide receivers didn't really burn the Panthers uh, because they had a short field to work with so many times. So we really don't know about that Panthers secondary yet. Um, the Panthers need to get Chris Harris back. But as for Matt Ryan, I think he's a boom. Now, if we can get him to sit on our end of the bench or the offense's end of the bench, Steve Smith versus the Falcons. Yeah, boy, that was disappointing, wasn't it? I think Steve Smith is a bust simply because I don't know who's going to get him the ball. Carolina doesn't have a quarterback on this roster that can help Smitty put up huge, you know, fantasy-like numbers and make a big impact. They only threw the ball to him three times. I like him lining up in that wildcat and working in different situations, but I think he's still a bust. An emerging star, unfortunately, Roddy White versus our Panthers. Yeah, I have to say boom for Roddy White. This The guy that really hurt the Panthers the last year, of course, was Harry Douglas in that game in the Georgia Dome. He's out with an injury, which means you're going to see more balls come to Roddy White. And uh, he's going to be that go-to guy for Matt Ryan. I think they're both going to have success. I have to say boom for Roddy White. Here it is, your moment of truth, Jake DeLome versus the Falcons. Bust. Nothing more, nothing less, John. He's going to be a bust. Ouch. Well, all right, Nick, we appreciate you playing the game with us once again. Well, I appreciate John. Hopefully I'll, uh, hopefully I'll miss a couple of these. This is Chris Harris, and you listen to Cat Crave Radio. Joining us now, I should say back with us, for the first time since February, it's Tom Sorensen of the Charlotte Observer. Tom, it's good to have you back. Hey, good to be back. How are you? Doing great, Tom. And, you know, now that we've got you back with us, let's just start right up with the topic. The one topic that we know we'll all be discussing throughout the week, at least until it's time to kick off against Atlanta, and that's Jake DeLome. Um, we saw the meltdown once again and sort of a continuation of that Arizona game. But do you think that Jake has lost confidence? And also, being there at the game, did it look like to you that he had lost any zip whatsoever on his passes? You know, no, no on zip. Um, but he's, something was wrong, and I can't tell you specifically what it was. I mean, 
Jake is a guy who kind of he's not one of those guys that panics and gets rid of the ball quickly, holds the ball, holds the ball, wait for the play to unfold. And against Philly, with that amazing blitz they had, uh, they just dominated. And he held the ball too long, and he, early he kept going to Moussin, and then he started going to Steve, and the ball kept getting picked off. It was uh, that was just a terrible performance. And what happened, I don't, I don't know. And I, the Panthers don't know. I mean, there is no way to know because he went from being a guy, you know, who led the team to a 12-4 and record. He's played in a Pro Bowl, who led the team to the Super Bowl, to a guy who was, had two of the worst games a starting quarterback has ever had, back-to-back, albeit six months apart. And we don't know what happened. I mean, nobody knows what happened. And the thing is, we don't know if we'll get it back. I've seen athletes lose it suddenly. Uh, Mike Tyson in boxing. When Evander Holyfield stood up for him, he lost it. Um, David Duvall in golfer, he lost it. And you can lose it overnight. And maybe that's what happened. And if he can't get it back, boy, they are in trouble. Because, um, you know, I talked to Fox today, and McCown is hurt. And um, I don't think Matt Moore is going to be an NFL quarterback. There's going to be talk, and anytime there's a, uh, you know, you're talking about football and your quarterback has a less than stellar performance, fans are always going to call for that quarterback to be pulled. They want the backup in. The most popular guy is always the second string quarterback. But after these two games, uh, nine interceptions, two fumbles in the Arizona and, and Philly games combined, how long before this could become a problem in the locker room? don't know. I mean, Steve Smith was uh, pretty eloquent yesterday talking about how Jake is more than his quarterback. Jake's Jake's friend. <laughs> but, um, you know, Moussin was candid. He said Jake is struggling. And uh, uh, if, if Jake plays against Atlanta the way he did against Philly, then uh, they got to pull him. But what if McCown can't play? Then they got to go with Matt Moore. And he's a guy who's 25. Didn't throw a pass last season. almost lost in all of the Jake DeLome furor um, and the way he played in that game was Steve Smith. Now, Smitty, Smitty didn't get the ball a whole lot. Early on, he had to be a little bit or maybe even a lot frustrated, but with him sitting at the opposite end of the bench from the offensive players and honestly not having a soul around him, is there anything to that? Is there? Do we have a right at all to read anything into what he was doing then? Sure, you can read it into it, but I mean, Smith, at least after the game, was the ultimate teammate. I just think he didn't want to blow up. And when I saw him, he went and found a place right in front of the fan and just sat there, sat by himself and just kind of hung his head. Uh, you know, he is a competitor, and he's one of the best receivers in football. And in camp this year, I'd never seen... You know, you were down there. I thought he was exceptional. I thought he was clearly the best player in camp. And he uh, just didn't get the ball. I got the ball. First pass of the game, you know, he gets a lateral pass and takes it eight yards. And that pretty much was his highlight. Well, now, the team did, if you look back at the preseason games, they looked a little flat at times. There were mistakes. There, you always have to iron those out, yes. but And even at times uh, during training camp, they looked a little bit flat. Is is there something else possibly 
that's that's plaguing this group? Is there a lack of confidence? I mean, what do you think there's something missing or a problem that's there? The, the one component that surprised me most in the preseason, I wrote about this a couple times, is the offensive line. I still don't think it was a big deal that went on four, but I thought it was a big deal that their offensive line never stood out. They got hammered yesterday. I mean, Philly was going to blitz, and they lost their defensive coordinator. You know, he passed away, and legendary guy. And I think the other team sort of dedicated. I think the Eagles dedicated their performance to him. But, you know, it wasn't just the blitz packages. The, the Panthers' the offensive line was just getting beaten and consistently throughout. And uh, I don't know why that happened. But, you know, that's supposed to be something they can really count on. And I think they gave it 20 sacks all last year, and they might have given them, what, five, six on Sunday. Uh, it just was, uh, it was, they were really bad. And, and Jake just, you know, he holds the ball, and I give him credit, but he just didn't get rid of the ball. Uh, they weren't running screens, you know, the, the famous draw play, they weren't even using those. It just, uh, it just didn't work. You know, there was something that your colleague, Scott Fowler, wrote this week. Um, he wrote about John Fox, and he'd said that, you know, he asked the question, should he be fired? And he said, at least, not yet. Now, of course not. Do I know? I said, of course not. I mean, you can't fire him now. I mean, what are what are your thoughts about his job security, though, long term? You know, if he has a really bad season, it probably means it's time to go. Um, if, you know, it, it, it there comes a time when, when players stop listening to you, and there comes a time when they need a new voice. And, um, you know, this is a guy who is by far the best coach the Panthers have had, just like Jake is the best quarterback the Panthers have had. We'll see, you know. I mean, he's he's they put this team together. I mean, he and Herney make all the personnel moves together. And, uh, you know, the quarterback situation's there. So if it's not Jake, boy, they're in trouble. And if McConnell, McConnell is, you know, at least an average backup quarterback. But uh, backup. And, you know, he's not a guy that, that's going to save you. All right, so they've got a week to kind of get it together. I'm sure they, you know, have had their, you know, they've they've looked over the video. They've they've seen the mistakes that were made, and I'm sure that guys got, you know, got the finger pointed at them for any mistakes they've made. But after going through this week, getting ready for Atlanta, what kind of response do you expect from these guys against the Falcons? Well, the Falcons don't pressure the quarterback the way Philly does. At least not the same way. You know, they have Abrams. He's such a good pass rusher, uh, as disruptive as anybody. So quick. And Atlanta's got a nice defensive line, but they don't rely on blitz packages the way Philly does. But they saw how poorly the Panthers handled the blitz, so I think that you'll see Atlanta come out a little bit more than they usually do. So much depends on Jake. You know, he, he has to play well because as bad as he was, they're not going to believe him anymore if he, if he can't deliver. I mean, you can't follow up what happened in the playoffs, and you can't follow up what happened uh, Sunday with uh, another performance like that. So Jake just, there's so much pressure on him, and he just has to play well. I mean, he has to complete his passes. He can't panic. He can't throw off his back feet. Uh, he's got to get rid of the ball. He's got to hold the ball. He's got to do all the things that quarterbacks do. And if he can't, um, I mean, do you entrust it to Matt Moore? And they got to yank him quickly if he's made, if it's not working. So it's uh, they're in a tough spot, you know. They open the game as an underdog, open the season as an underdog in three straight games, and they get a bye. And they've got to resolve their quarterback situation by then. And maybe Jake will come out and be Jake again. Maybe he'll play a really nice game. Um, but that's a tough place to do it, and they're a pretty good team. 
Tom, we appreciate you taking time to uh, to talk to us this week and uh, get us ready. Well, help us recover from Philly and get <laughs> us ready for Atlanta. <laughs> but thanks for taking time to talk to us. Anytime, man. I'll see you around. We'll be back before you even know we're gone. There's more Cat Crave Radio coming up. This heavyweight bout is about to begin. What's the champ wearing? Looks like an examination gown. And from the back, ooh, that's not pretty. Champ, what's with the get-up? I've got to take care of my family, so I'm getting those important medical screens. The fight is over! Champ, you look pretty healthy out there tonight. But I'm still getting those tests. For a list of tests you need, go to ahrq.gov. And remember, real men wear gowns. Go to ahrq.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AHRQ, and the Ad Council. It's time now to pick some games. Week two, as a matter of fact, and joining us to do that this week, it is Big Nick 2700 from YouTube. Last week, Nick went 13-3 and in picking the games. Nick, are you ready to pick some games for week two? I sure am, John. Let's get them. Let's start you off with Vikings and Lions. Well, the Vikings look great in their opener against Cleveland. If Adrian Peterson was able to put up 180 yards on the Browns, Lord only knows what he's going to do against the Lions. I like Minnesota in a blowout. Bengals and Packers. Uh, the Packers are a legitimate Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. And as far as, as Cincinnati is concerned, I kind of expect them to feel that hangover after a, uh, a shocking loss to Denver. Cardinals and Jaguars. Well, the defending NFC champs are 0-1, and in my opinion, are too talented to drop their first two games of the season. Jacksonville is improved and tough at home, but I'm going to take the Cardinals on the road. Raiders and Chiefs. Chiefs, excuse me. Oh, boy. Two of the best the AFC West has to offer. Good Lord. If Matt Castle starts, I guess I like the Chiefs. Uh, But this game should be about as ugly as you're going to find. KC in a close one. Patriots and Jets. This should be a really good matchup. I really like the way that that Rex Ryan's defense flew around the field and shut down Houston. But playing New England is something very different. I'm going to take Brady and the Patriots. Saints and Eagles. Well, you know, this game really depends on the health of Donovan McNabb. I wouldn't be surprised if Drew Brees is is on the injury port this week with a sore arm after throwing so many touchdowns. You know, despite all the interceptions against the Panthers, I don't think Philly's secondary is that good. I'm going to take the Saints on the road. I think that might be a little bit of an upset. Texans and Titans. So this is a big early season game for both these squads, and one of them is going to drop to 0-2. Everyone likes Houston coming into this season, but I think right now Tennessee's the better squad, so the pick's got to be the Titans. Rams and Redskins. Well, Washington has to find a way to score more points and execute on offense because you can't rely on Hunter Smith to run fake punts in to win every week. Then again, they're playing the Rams, so maybe you can rely on Hunter Smith to run fake punts in. I'm going to take the Redskins. Bucks and Bills. Well, despite losing to Dallas, I thought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played decent. Their secondary was torched, but they should give Buffalo a good game, but I'm, gonna, I'm still going to take the Bills to win. Seahawks and Niners. Well, this game right here is for an early spot atop the NFC West division. Seattle had no problem with the Rams. The Niners picked up a close win over Arizona. I like Seattle on the road here, though, with that defense playing nearly as well as they did in last week's shutout. Steelers and Bears. Well, this game has lost a bit of its defensive luster with Troy Polamalu, Brian Erlacher both going to be out. Uh, But Jay Cutler has some major problems. He had some major problems against Green Bay, and I just don't think the Bears have enough offensive weapons to do anything against that Steelers D. Browns and Broncos. Well, I don't think the Denver Broncos are a good team by any means, but I think they're going to be 2-0 after a win over the Browns. After that, you know, I expect quite a few losses, but man, 
I would give anything for the Panthers to start the season with Cleveland and Cincinnati like the Denver Broncos have, and I think they pick up their second win. Good matchup, Ravens and Chargers. Well, yeah, this this should be one heck of a game. Two legitimate contenders in the AFC. Two teams that I think a lot of people expect to make the playoffs. I like the fact that the Chargers are at home. I think that's a long trip from Baltimore all the way out west to San Diego. I think Rivers and the Bolts win a close one. Giants and Cowboys. Well, this is going to be a brutal, mama said knock you out game. Uh, But in the first regular season game, in that brand new Jerry Jones, Taj Mahal, whatever you want to call it, I think the Giants are the team that get the win. Their defense is solid top to bottom. Everyone knew that front seven was good, but the secondary was the one that really surprised me last week. Colts and Dolphins. Well, former Panthers offense coordinator Dan Henning had some major problems last week against the Atlanta Falcons. But it's that defense that's going to have to bring their A game because Peyton Manning's ready to get a quick lead in the AFC South and, and potentially run away from this division. I think Miami will give the Colts a good game, but I picked the Colts to win. Now, we picked the game earlier, or this is much earlier, but you picked the uh, Panthers and Falcons game. You want to repeat any of what you had to say about uh, about Jake DeLome? Well, it, it's gut check time. I just I don't know where this team is headed, and, and you have to think if you're a Panther fan, if you lose this game to the Falcons like I expect them to, you're in a, a load of crap. You're in some, you're in some deep trouble, and uh, you, who knows where this season, this season could spiral out of control. You know the Panthers fans, we're all going to be hoping that, that this team can get their A game together and, and, uh, and bring it, but uh, i got to go with the Falcons. It's a safe pick. Well, Nick, we'll continue to keep score, sir. Thank you for picking the games. Hey, it's been good, John. Thanks. 97 X. Bam. The future of rock and roll. It seems this is what all the sports stations sound like. They talk about everything but the Panthers. Not us. If it isn't about the Carolina Panthers or affecting the Carolina Panthers, we don't talk about it. We are Cat Crave Radio. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, John White. You know, the NFL news never sleeps, and neither does NFL news and rumors. No BS, no hype. NFL news and rumors can be found on the web at NFLNR.com. Keep your friends close, but your enemies close. Ryan takes, shoots it far side, Gonzalez the catch, first man misses, Tony 10, Tony 5, touchdown Atlanta! Who is the enemy this week? The enemy the Atlanta Falcons, and to represent the Falcons, with us right now is Sean McNally of BloggingDirty.com. Sean, thanks for being with us. Absolutely, man, anytime. We're going to break it down. Let's start with that Falcons offense. We know the stars. We know their names. How do you expect them to attack the Carolina defense come Sunday? you got to run it at them, but with such a good run defense under normal circumstances, I'd be scared, but at this point, I have to say that with Kimu out of the lineup, of course, injured and lost for the season. I think that Jarius Norwood, Michael Turner, and everybody else they could possibly throw at him is going to be giving him a tough time all day. And, of course, you also look at the passing offense, and, oh, my God, who do you have? Roddy White, Michael Jenkins, Brian Finneran, Matt Ryan in the back pulling the strings. It's going to be freaking crazy. I can't wait. And, then of course, uh, this new tight end, what's his name? Oh, uh, Tony Gonzalez, yeah, um, future Hall of Famer, greatest tight end to ever play the game. Sorry, Shannon Sharp, I love you, but Tony Gonzalez, amazing. Yeah, got me uh, 25 uh, fantasy points, I think it was, yesterday. I love him. Now, outside of Fennerin, is there a guy on, on offense? I mean, they're always the no-name guys, the role players. Is there somebody we should be aware of in that Atlanta offense that we might not know his name, but we should be aware of him going in? 
You know, at this point, honestly, I would have said yes if we still had LaRon Robinson, who actually got traded in the offseason to uh, St. Louis. I think he's actually going to become the primary target there in St. Louis. But um, at this point, of course, with uh, um, uh, Harry Douglas lost injury and in the uh, preseason, you know what, honestly, at this point, it's not really so much about anybody in the, on the wide receiving core, anybody else that you're not really aware of at this point. We pretty much know all the usual suspects. Now it's an issue of just getting out there and just playing the game. All right, and looking at your defense, everybody seems to know the name Abraham. John Abraham is a beast. How do you expect them, John Abraham and the Atlanta defense, to attack the Carolina offense? At this point, I think we all know the blueprint. It comes down to Dell Home making mistakes. And if you pressure this guy, he will fold like a cheap suit. And uh, I'm sorry to tell this to you guys, but right now, the person you want to watch out for the defense in terms of a pass rush is Croy Bierman. We just saw a glimpse of, of what he actually can do. I've been saying this the last couple of years. He's one of those guys that I really, really like in this defense. He's a good speed rush guy. And then you also want to look at a guy like uh, Lawrence Sitberry. Sidbury is actually somebody in the preseason that a lot of people were buzzing about and somebody we drafted, I believe, in the fourth round this year. The guy has speed, he has talent, and he has really, really good moves when it comes down to actually eluding uh, offensive linemen. I think we're going to actually be a much, much better improved uh, uh, pass rushing team this year itself. I think that at this point, Jamal Anderson, the left end that we've been uh, kind of grooming the last few years to be that uh, the other you know bookend to the uh, John Abraham is pretty much seen his last days probably in Atlanta if he doesn't start playing well, and I don't really see that happening in the future. I know your secondary is young. You've got a bunch of guys that most people have never heard of. And, you know, unless you've watched the Falcons a lot, most people would see them and go, who? Who in your secondary right now are you kind of high on? You know, honestly, he messes up a lot this, this preseason. He's looked like crap, but I've really liked Chris Houston the last couple of years. I think he does show some glimpses of strength and stuff as a, as a corner. Corner's always been my favorite position. Um, Brent Grimes is another one that I still like. They're undersized. Um, that's the real knock you have on pretty much everybody in that secondary. They're small. But uh, getting uh, that... Uh, uh, Hill guy and Brian Williams, the uh, two new uh, signings we got for the secondary. Uh, Williams started last week or Sunday, but yesterday looked really, really good. Made some good plays. He's a good cover guy. He does whiff sometimes, uh, but he's a good player overall. You know, I have to say honestly, like you said, they're 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 no names, they're journeymen, but they come to play. And I'll tell you, it's it's really just due to coaching, in my honest opinion. It really is. It. Uh, as the team, and they're just so freaking talented all over the place because they just want to win. They just want to play. They're they're young and they're hungry. I like that. What can you tell us about the injury situation for the Falcons? So far at this point, it's really not necessarily something we have to really worry about too much. Jerry Sorwood hurt himself the last preseason game, uh, sorry, the third game. So he actually didn't play in the first preseason, the last preseason game, and he did play uh, actually a pretty pretty darn good uh, spell back in uh, in game one versus the. Uh, Dolphins, um, but his knee looks fine, didn't look gimpy at all, was cutting, making some moves, I liked him there. Uh, Harry Douglas, of course, was lost for the season. Um, uh, a guy who just doesn't really seem to be playing 100% at this point is our middle linebacker, Curtis Lofton. I, I think he will probably be a little bit better this week. Something looks to be up with him, but nothing serious. So I, I'm thinking he should probably be improving a little bit this week, but there's something on there that you're just not telling us, I don't think. 
All right, and finally, we'll give you your chance. Here's your opportunity to uh, to make a prediction on the first big divisional showdown for both teams. I'm going to predict an Atlanta Falcons victory, of course. Uh, and no, no real, you know, <laughs> no real surprise there. <laughs> but I, I'm going to have to say that when it comes into scoring, um, I still like the the power running game of the Carolina Panthers. I still think their offensive line is is pretty decent. I like them. Um, JLM is a liability at this point. You put him out there and you're asking to be taken advantage of, and that's really what it's going to come down to. Um, I'll tell you right now that if I were to go ahead and predict the score, I'm thinking we're probably going to hang probably about 27 points on you. I'd say about 27-17 is probably pretty realistic. Well, Sean, we appreciate you uh, taking some time to uh, to be with us. I know you're here to represent the enemy, but we got to keep our enemies close to us. But uh, thanks for your time. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Take care. Well, I suppose that makes it my turn. Not that I really want to give a prediction, that is. Could things have been worse against the Eagles? Is it possible that Jake or the offensive line could have looked worse? Not likely. And will they get their act together come Sunday? The Falcons' defense looked extremely good versus Miami, and Matt Ryan, Michael Turner, Tony Gonzalez, well, they looked fantastic at times. This could be a very long day for our Panthers, but still... Something tells me that Jake will improve. The offensive line will look more like the unit we're used to seeing. You know, I'm not sure that it's going to be enough, but I think Carolina could keep this one close. This could be kind of rare, but I have to pick against the Panthers. Atlanta 28, Carolina 20. I want to thank Tom Sorensen for being with us this week. Tom's columns can be found in the Charlotte Observer. My appreciation to Sean McNally for taking part in our enemy segment. Sean is the lead writer over at bloggingdirty.com. And as always, my thanks to Nick Yeoman for taking part. Be sure to check out his videos on YouTube by looking for Big Nick 2700. Also, be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes and give us a review while you're there. I'm John White. Thanks for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. In a world dominated by media giants and conglomerates, there is a little show that dares to reach for greatness. And we promise to keep reaching as long as there's someone listening. Never fear, CCR will return. Your Panthers crew will return in one week with another assault on the World Wide Web. All material, copyright 2009, Cat Crave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers. In our grand old day, nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina for a Panther football game.